1: welcome back to the john clay podcast i'm john clay sports columnist with the arrow leader and kentucky.com kentucky men's basketball got another big commitment on wednesday chris livingston from the class of 2022 committed to the cats and to talk about chris livingston's commitment we talk with ben roberts the uk basketball recruiting writer and reporter for the election arrow leader and kentucky.com before we get to ben though i want to remind you you can get a sports pass sports only subscription to kentucky.com thirty dollars for the first year, Get everything that we have online on Kentucky Sports, Kentucky Basketball, Kentucky Football, Kentucky Recruiting with Ben, columns, high school coverage, all for thirty dollars for the first year. Go to follow me on Twitter, John Clay IV. Go to the top of my Twitter feed. You'll see all the information there on the pinned tweet. Click on that or go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription tab and check out all the offers for Kentucky.com. Uh, and we appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. And we really appreciate Ben Roberts uh, coming on the podcast to talk as always very popular when he's on the podcast people want to hear what's going on with UK recruiting and they want to hear more about Chris Livingston who recruited on Wednesday so we talked to Ben and let's get right to that okay here with my guest Ben Roberts UK recruiting writer for the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com how's it going Ben
0: good John how are you
1: I'm doing all right. Uh, Kentucky got another. We talked to you last week after Kentucky got a big commitment in Shade and Sharp. And now uh, here we are just one week later. Kentucky got another big commitment Uh, yesterday. We were recording this on Thursday. They got it uh, last night. Uh, Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, Chris Livingston, kind of a different path. than you know, Shade and Sharp a year ago wasn't really even ranked by most of the recruiting services. Now he's number one and, and Chris is a guy who for as long as the national sites have been, um, tracking this 2022 class, he's been at the very, very top of everybody's list. Uh, just a guy who physically he just really progressed from an early age. He was, he's always had kind of that, uh, combination of, of, uh, just physicality, um, and also athleticism and, and, a skill set that's just improved over time but he's a guy who's just kind of been able to to bully opponents even from a young age even older high school players uh, for the last two or three years and he's uh, he's always been skilled but he's starting to to become even more skilled here in the past year or so and it's um you know i think it's all kind of coming together for him and i think he was number five in the 24/ 7 sports rankings that got updated yesterday uh, and he's a guy who he kind of had his ups and downs over the summer on the Adidas circuit, but I I think it's a short list of guys who could realistically get that number one ranking at the end of this cycle once it's all said and done, and, and I would put him on that list. I, I think he really has that type of potential um, and and will be that kind of productive player uh, in, in college.
1: So um, this wasn't a surprise, right? Kentucky was the favorite for him. All along or just lately? No,
0: it wasn't a surprise by the time we got to last night, uh, but he's another one of those kids um, like Jalen Duran and and Amani Bates uh, a few weeks ago. And and I think Keontae George probably belongs in that category of, of guys who for the last couple of years or so, I would say that most people, kind of in the recruiting world, assumed he would end up just going pro straight out of uh, straight out of high school. And even when we talked to him, uh, in the middle of July at the first Adidas stop, you know that was a couple weeks after NIL had gone into effect. Obviously, a lot of moving parts. There's still a lot of moving parts. People. Didn't really know how it was going to work then, but even at that time, you talk to people behind the scenes uh, who usually know what they're talking about, and and they were saying that that they thought uh, they would probably put the pro route as, as still being the favorite there, and and if not the pro route, a lot of people thought it was going to be Memphis at that time. So you know that was just a couple of months ago that Kentucky was probably third at best in a lot of people's eyes uh, for Chris. And then, you know, as the the summer kind of went on and as this fall recruiting period opened up um, and I think as the realities of NIL became, uh, you know, more apparent and then just the fact that Kentucky has stayed on them, you know, led by obviously John Calipari's been in there. But but Chen Coleman, it sounds like has had just been in daily contact with him uh, pretty much just just talking to him as much as he possibly could over the past couple months and and i'm sure before that too uh ever since he got to got to uk so it's one of those where yeah a couple months ago kentucky not the favorite and and just through a few different circumstances were able to work themselves in there and and got a kid that i think um you know when you look at these top 10 players you got some guys who were get that ranking based on long-term projections you know we think he's going to be a really good NBA player and maybe not quite have it together yet and then some guys who you think right off the bat are going to be great college basketball players and still have that NBA upside and I think Chris definitely fits into that that latter category I think he's going to be an instant impact guy and and a guy who's just going to be able to help Kentucky in a lot of ways right off the bat next season.
1: Okay, well, why? I mean, what are what are his strengths? What what do you think I, will translate quickly to the college game?
0: I think strength is what is, is maybe the biggest strength that that, uh, that uh, will translate immediately. You know, uh, he's he's around that same ranking area that that BJ Boston was in the last class, and obviously, Kentucky fans, um, you know, BJ had an underwhelming, to put it mildly, uh, freshman season at Kentucky based on his ranking, and. You know, there were a lot of variables for that. You know, COVID I think kind of shook a lot of these freshmen up, and not being able to get in the gym, not being able to to get acclimated as quickly. Uh, in BJ's case, not having a real point guard to help kind of kind of discombobulate the defense and, and add some spacing there, and also um, you know he I think he kind of felt like he had to to take the game under control, uh, and and obviously did not do it on most cases, and. You know, part of that was the way he played, getting to the basket, driving to the basket, trying to finish. It worked at the high school level. When he tried to do it against, you know, men in college, uh, he, he didn't have the strength, and he put up a bunch of off-balance shots, and he, you know, it was just he found it a lot more difficult to to finish at the basket, which was one of his strengths as a high school player. Uh, Chris, as a, as a college freshman, is not going to have any problem uh, going up against... Uh, older even bigger guys when, when he's when he's barreling toward the basket he's a guy who does not shy away from contact he loves contact he it will be right in there as far as offensive rebounds putbacks, um all that kind of stuff and he's a i mean he's a he's a three-level scorer he's a guy who is a danger if you leave him open for from three and it sounds like this kentucky team is going to have the pieces in place to, to have a lot of spacing uh, and, and possibly play for perimeter oriented guys at, at one time. And he's a guy you can't, you can't leave alone. And he's a guy that can really take advantage of, of mismatches and, and either get by you on the perimeter or, or maybe even go in and, and post up some smaller guys. Just, uh, he just <laughs> offensively, he does so many things uh, well and and has the the strength and, and just kind of the physical nature, uh, you know, he, he, he likes to get in there and, and mix it up. And, and I think that's what's really going to kind of set him apart um, from, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to pick on BJ because this happens to a lot of a lot of guys who come in uh, and, and don't have um, maybe that that haven't had to play that physical style in the past and certainly haven't had to play against players as big as they're going to face in college. And I just don't see that phasing Chris.
1: Okay, he's 6'6", he's six six, right? Six foot six wing.
0: Six six, yeah. I talked to Steve Smith, Oak uh, O'Kill coach a couple nights ago. He thought he was about six six and a half. Um and and again, just that 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 strong wiry frame to go along with it.
1: Okay, you mentioned O'Kill. Uh, Chris is from Akron, Ohio, is that correct?
0: Yeah, Lebron, yeah, hometown of LeBron.
1: There you go. But he's not gonna he's not gonna finish his high school career in Akron, correct?
0: He's not, yeah. He um he has been dominating up there, to, to put it mildly. I, the numbers, um, I, these are close off the top of my head, but he averaged about 32 points, 12, 13 rebounds, 7, 8 assists, and 4 steals and 4 blocks against his competition last season. And as a sophomore, the numbers weren't a whole lot different from that. So he's just been absolutely dominating up there, um, you know. Steve Smith over at Oak Hill told me that he thought if, if he wanted to stay in Akron, he probably could average 35 points a game, won Mr. Basketball and, and played at about half speed the whole season. That's just how much better he was uh, compared to the competition he, he was seeing up there. So I, I think it, you know, it, I think it says a lot about Chris that he, um, you know. Wanted a new challenge before he got to college. Saw that there were some aspects of his game that, that he wanted to work on, and and wanted other people to challenge, and wanted to be coached out of him. And went to a place like Oak Hill, which is going to be playing. You know, they've got this uh, this new um, conference, if you want to call it that, where they're going to be playing Montverde Academy and IMG Academy and Sunrise Christian, and and all the best, perennially the best uh, the best teams in in the country. Uh, they're going to be playing them throughout the entire season. Along with uh, the tough schedule that they already play, so he's and he's going to be playing. More importantly, I think um, he's going to be teammates with a point guard who's probably going to Duke and, and uh, players who were other players who were going to high major power five conferences. So he's, he's going to get it every day in practice. He's I've seen Steve Smith's practices and his games. He's, they're they're going to coach him up really hard for the next several months and I think it's going to be a, a really good preview of what he's going to see when he gets here and and the fact that he wanted that challenge uh, and just from uh, talking to other people around him I, I think he's a guy who John Calipari is gonna to, gonna to have a lot of fun with uh when he gets to campus next summer
1: okay uh who's next so okay yeah, we got, well first of all go back okay so how many commitments does this make now for the for that class this is the yeah, class uh, of 2022, correct?
0: 2022. Chris Livingston, Shaden Sharp, who were who were number five and number one, respectively, in the new rankings, and then Sky Clark's been committed for almost a year now. Twenty four seven has him at number eighteen overall. So you got three top twenty players, two top five players, and um, next, you never really know. I guess the order that it's going to come in, but the certainly the the most likely um, and almost a near lock at this point would be Kaysen Wallace, who's the number seven player in those new rankings, a five-star combo guard from Texas. Jay Lucas has been recruiting him for a a long time. And uh, obviously from, from Lucas's home state, he was down there the very first morning of the fall recruiting period last week. He's down there right now as we speak to see him again, Uh, Kaysen was, was in town uh, a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago for his official visit also looking at Tennessee and Texas, but um, he's, unless something really, really changes in the next little bit, he's he's going to end up picking Kentucky. And as of now, he has a November 7th announcement date, but I don't expect it to go that long. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if he joined the class here in the next couple of weeks before the end of September. Uh, I think they're they're that far along with it. I think his last official visit is going to be this weekend. So he might be ready to decide here in the next week or two as well. And, and then it comes down to... Um, Derek Lively and Adem Bona, um, who I wrote about a little today, to uh, Lively's number two in the class, Bona's number 10 in the class, both around seven feet tall, different kinds of players, but both players who uh, both would make it instant impact right away and then could also really, I think, fit this class and what Kentucky's roster looks like it's going to be next season uh, very well. So I think they're going to get one of those guys. Uh, It's just a matter of which one um, they're still recruiting both of them really hard and I know they would love to have both of them. And I, I wouldn't write off that possibility, um, but I do think they'll get at least one. And, and I think we'll probably know who that is before the end of the, uh, the early signing period in
1: November. Okay. What about, okay. Uh, for those who haven't been paying attention, just talk briefly about those two guys, you know, what they're the, just what they bring to the table.
0: Yeah, uh, starting with lively, I guess, because he's he's higher in the rankings at number two. He's a guy who you just don't see very often. Um, he's 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 you know some people have listed as high as seven two now. He's definitely over seven feet tall. Um, he's long. He's really athletic, and he has an offensive skill set already. He can, he can take it out to the three point line. He has moves on the post. He's, he's a lot further along at this stage than a lot of other players uh, his his size and even players who have been ranked kind of, you know, in that top five and he's, his size. He's just, he's he's really good on that end. He's also a really, really good uh, post defender. He, he played on that team with uh, Jalen Duran and a lot of other star recruits this summer, um, and a lot of times he was kind of, Guy anchoring that post on defense, and and he relished that role. Is is kind of being the stopper back there uh, at the basket, and and if he were to come to Kentucky, I know they they'd be relying on him to to do a lot of that. Uh, with Bona, he's not offensively. He's not nearly as he hasn't progressed nearly as much. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. He he's not as far along as as Derek is. He has progressed a lot, and he he only moved to the United States last year. He he grew up in Nigeria uh ended up moving to Turkey for part of his teenage years and kind of kind of started playing basketball there and learning the game there. And talking to people who saw him there and and have been able to to kind of compare what he looked like then to what he looks like now. They say he he's really really made some strides offensively, which which tells you if he continues that trajectory, he he could also be really skilled as an offensive player. Uh but defensive and rebounding is where he really brings it. He's a uh, He's another really athletic kid, um, 6'10", 6'11", a really long 7'4", 7'5", wingspan, um, and has kind of that mentality that that if you want me to rebound and defend and that's what what my role on this team is going to be, that's what I'm going to do, uh, which John Calipari obviously loves guys who right. <laughs> walk in the door with that mentality. You don't have to coach that into them. It's there, and then, and then you just concentrate on everything else. So uh, I think especially on – Next season's team, you're going to have all this uh, perimeter skill with with Sky and with Shaden and Chris and probably Kaysen. And definitely it looks like some guys coming back who who will be good three-point shooters, maybe some bigger wings coming back. Uh, To add somebody like a Dembona to that, uh, that has that mentality of, okay, this is what I need to do to help the team. I'll do it. And is capable of doing that right off the bat. I think he'd be a huge addition uh, if they were to miss out on Derek or even if... You know, uh, Bone is just ready to to give his commitment earlier. I, I think either one of those guys would would really fit well in this class and and, and with that roster.
1: Yeah. Who? So who else is in the mix for Lively?
0: It's uh, he's got a list of seven schools and um, in Michigan, Penn State, North Carolina, uh, Southern Cal. I believe Florida State's still in there too, but it's really it's it sounds like it's Kentucky and Duke. Uh, just from I know Michigan's also trying to get in there. His his mom was a was a really really good a star basketball player at, at Penn State in her college days, and was actually employed in the athletic department by Penn State um, and was was coworkers with John Calipari with the 76ers before she went back to Penn State. So kind of an interesting tie there, but <laughs> so and but I don't think that'll. I don't think that'll really have much of an impact on, on Derrick's recruitment, the Penn state tie. I, I do think it's going to come down to Duke, Duke and Kentucky. And they've both made it clear that, that he is uh, priority number one for, for both of those programs as they try to try to finish out this class. And um, if Kentucky gets them, they're going to have the number one class in the country. If Duke gets them, Kentucky might still have the number one class in the country. If they get Bono, but it, it would be a lot closer. So He's, uh, he's definitely with Shaden and Chris and, and some others off the board. Derek Lively's the, the one to watch nationally.
1: Well, As we, uh, as we record this uh, earl- a little bit earlier today, Jay Lucas was tweeting pictures of uh, himself in Texas. I think of his shoes, actually. Uh, yeah. uh, we assume he's there because of Cason Wallace, uh, six four guard uh, from Richardson, Texas. Is he the next guy?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Caseen will be will will probably announce before either one of those bigs. And and John Calipari actually is is down there. Uh, should have mentioned with Jay yeah, okay. um for that visit today with and So you know, it, this is the time of you know, the fall recruiting period started started Thursday, and there wasn't one last year because of COVID. Coaches were not allowed to recruit, but. Uh, UK fans who, f- who follow recruiting even a little bit probably know this is the time of year when, when Calipari is famous for hopping in the jet and just crisscrossing the country and, and seeing 15 kids in, in a week or 10 days or whatever it is. Um, and and, uh, and a lot of times trying to put the finishing touches on some of these recruitments. And, and that's what they've been doing here. Uh, Derek Lively was the first one he visited or one of the first ones he visited last Thursday. Um the staff kind of converged at Oak Hill to, to meet with Chris, and obviously uh, locked that one up because um, Chris was was originally going to wait till next month to announce. Um, They're meeting with Adimbona, I believe, this weekend. Sunday was was the last day I heard for that. That date's kind of shifted around based on availability, and then obviously Calipari's. Uh, I think as you're looking to close out these recruitments, uh, they obviously see the case ends the next one that that's that's closest to to committing and and giving that public uh, announcement of his commitment so i, I think you'll you'll he's he's going to be kind of one one of the top of the headlines for the next couple of weeks at least
1: okay uh, you also wrote about uh, reed shepherd this week uh, i want to talk to you about that but we're going to take a brief break and we'll be back with ben roberts of the Herald leader at kentucky.com Okay, back with Ben Roberts. Ben, uh, you wrote, uh, you posted uh, a very interesting, I thought, uh, story this week on the ever popular Reed Shepherd. Uh, For those who've been living in a cave and who don't know, he's a Kentucky kid uh jeff shepherd is his father stacy reed his mother both played basketball at kentucky you talked to some analysts about how reed looked playing summer ball what, what did you find and find out and talking to people just about what kind of summer reed had
0: yeah yeah i was really interested i think a lot of people were um to see how he fared this spring and summer because obviously around here he's been you know, he's just finished his sophomore year at high school, but he's already like this this legend. Um, <laughs> I, I think on the kind of maybe the same level, or, or at least looks like he's going to be on the same level as a Rex Chapman or Richie Farmer as far as in-state guys who get so much attention in high school. Um, and But everybody, even the people who had been able to see him, wanted to see what he looked like against national competition. So I wanted to, to kind of... I kind of charted who, which of these national analysts were, were watching him play a lot and, and wanted to pick their brain over what they saw um, and talked to four guys who, who spent a, a lot of the summer watching replay, play. And the list of good things that he did was a whole lot longer than, than the list of even things he could work on. And really nobody had... Any knocks on his game. Uh, it was more just here are some maybe areas that, that he could improve even more or, or maybe to, to put himself in a better position moving forward, get better at these things. But everybody I talked to um, who saw him play with his Midwest basketball club there on the Adidas circuit was, was just really impressed with his game. And you've seen that reflected in the rankings. Rivals.com, uh, after watching him play in the summer, moved him up to, uh, to number 21 in the class, which is a five-star ranking. Uh, from talking to the 24-7 sports guys uh, who who were actually the first to rank him among the national services. They still have him in the 60s, but that's because that ranking is is, uh, from before the summer, before the spring, I think even. Uh, It sounds like if he's not a five-star, he's definitely going to be around that top 25 area. Uh, with them too, and ESPN introduced him into to their rankings, which he was not um, included in before. So, yeah, just uh, uh, there's there's probably a lot of individual things you can say about his game, and 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 in that story, people hit on. But the over the just the overwhelming takeaway was that guys were really really impressed with with what he could do, especially being just coming off his sophomore year of high school.
1: Yeah, it, I don't I don't want to give away the story, and I want people to be sure and, and go to Kentucky.com and read the story because it's very interesting, very in depth about Reed, really about his game, not so much the phenomena of Reed Shepard, but his game. But just what's like one thing that you took away that. They thought he needs to work on uh, when when the high school season starts.
0: Yeah, I think there were a couple things that um, that, that people kind of mentioned. One, as good of a three point shooter as he is, and he shot forty one percent while taking a lot of shots uh, mm-hmm. as a sophomore in high school, which is which is pretty good. Um, I think some people wanted to see him. I mean, that's something that the better you get. The more of a bonus it is, obviously, because right. the more the more points you're scoring, the more the more threes you're making, the more you're, you're going to space the floor and help out your teammates. So uh, that's that's one thing um, he did. You know, some of the games that I watched, and I know some of these guys that I talked to were watching some of the same games. Uh, what really impressed me was that he didn't take bad shots, mm-hmm. and he might take a lot of shots in a game, but they were all within the flow of the offense. They were if not open shots, they were really good looks where he worked himself to get some space to make them, you know, he's not taking these off balance contested shots. He's not driving into three people at the rim. He was a very willing passer, very willing to get other people involved. um, And would also take the shots if they were there. And he did miss a lot of open threes. His, His mom actually joked to me after, the night that uh, they got the offer from Kentucky, I was kind of talking to her about it. And she pointed out that Reed had two of his, you know, not so great um, outside shooting games uh, that, that John Calipari and Orlando Antigua had watched before extending that offer. And that that was really impressive that that he still got that offer and still looked so good like he earned. It. I mean, he, he looked like he earned the offer. Uh, they weren't giving it to him because of his last name or because he was from Kentucky. I mean, he looked that good, despite missing a lot of open threes. And I, I think he kind of has that stroke that you know they're going to go in. Um, he's got a good-looking stroke. He works on it. Um, but I, I think, obviously, the the better and better you can get there, uh, it, it, only, it only helps your game. Um, you know, there weren't really... A Anything whole lot glaring. of uh, yeah, nothing glaring. It was more just kind of working on what he already had. Um, one thing was defensively. Um, he's he's very good defensively. He he he's always moving. He never gets out of position. Uh, he has really quick hands. Um, he, he's he's really athletic. Uh, and people just kind of wanted to see, and he, he's got a high motor, I, I think is another, another thing that people were impressed by is he, he just never seemed to on either side of the ball, never really seemed to stop moving. Um, that's something where people wanted to see that continue. Not so much. He needed to work on it, but see it continue. You don't want a guy who goes from kind of unranked, unheralded to five-star player. And then it, maybe he, he rests on that a little bit, especially cause he will be playing, you know, Lesser, to, you know, bluntly, he'll be playing lesser competition uh, during the high school season that, that he that he's going to face during the summer. So, you don't want to see him kind of kind of lay back. And you know, I've got the Kentucky offer, I've got the Indiana offer, I've I've got all these great colleges to choose from. Everybody's ranking me really high. Uh, maybe rest on it. Um, they, you know, uh, again, the good thing about Reed is just from being around him a little bit and talking to people who are around him a lot more. Uh, he does not seem like that type of kid at all. I think he's going to keep working. And, and uh, you know, I think he's the type of kid that if, you know, somebody puts out these a list of things that he works on, uh, he strikes me as somebody who goes and finds that list and gets in the gym and, and you know, pays attention to it. So, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, there's always, you know, you're 17 years old, there's always things you can get better at on the basketball court, but it was more just of a, Get get better at the things you're already good at, and keep doing the things you're already doing well. Then um, you need to do this, or you need to do that.
1: Well, it'll be, it'll be very as as much as uh, interest as there's been in Reed uh, and his development and everything around him last year. Probably be even more this year. <laughs> we'll see yeah. how he handles that and how it goes. Uh, what else is coming up uh, on the, in the uh, world of UK basketball recruiting? Uh, anything else that we need to know about?
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think just those keeping an eye on on Kaysen and Derek Lively and and Adem Bono over over the next several weeks here. You know, it's kind of a little different situation than we've seen in the past. Um, you know, I talk about how talked about how Calipari is often just traveling all over the place, meeting with kids uh, at this stage in the calendar. It seems like this year they they really narrowed down that list and really felt good about all the players on that list to the, to where instead of meeting with maybe 12 guys from the senior class, uh, which would be normal in the past over the first couple weeks of this period, you're only meeting with six or seven, um, just because you feel so good about where you are with these players, uh, which obviously with, with, Shaden and Chris committing, um, you know, shows they know, they know they're in a good place. They know they're going to get these commitments, um, so I it, I don't want to say it's going to be boring uh, after November because it's <laughs> never boring with Kentucky. Right. Something always pops up, especially with you know looking at possible transfers, uh, you know both in and out in the future and right. and late bloomers and that kind of thing. Um, but from a standpoint of the 2022 20, recruiting class, they might get this thing wrapped up here in the next couple months, if not sooner, uh, and not only get it wrapped up, but be one of John Calipari's best classes ever maybe on paper is best class ever uh so then i think a lot of attention will turn to guys like reed Shepard, who are juniors in high school will turn to guys like dj wagner who's a unanimous number one recruit in that 23 class obviously has a ton of, of calipari ties and people including the uk coaches maybe starting to pay a little bit more attention to those players than they would be able to um, in, in past recruiting classes, which only helps future recruiting classes. Cause if you're able to get out and scout juniors and sophomores uh, six months earlier than you normally would be, if you're able to go have those in school visits and, and build those relationships with either on campus visits or zooms or phone calls um, especially with this new staff and guys like Orlando Antigua, who is just a, a master relationship builder and, and, jen coleman and and jay lucas have obviously proven to be um you know very very good in that area too uh you know i I think it it really lays the groundwork for for future classes and to to get in better position
1: well whatever happens ben will be all over it uh that's for sure uh be sure and of course follow ben on twitter ben roberts hl check out all his work in kentucky.com and in the print edition of the arrow leader anything else you want to plug before i let you go ben
0: uh, no, I don't think so. We'll, uh, hope to have a, a couple more interesting things early next week, but I'm sure, I'm sure something will, will pop up. If those things don't come together again, it, it'll be, it'll be busy for the next few weeks. Uh, and, and then obviously the season starts, you know, we're only about a, a month from big blue madness. So it's right around the corner.
1: Yeah, yes I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yes I know. Football, what October
1: fifteenth and we're recording this on overlap, September sixteenth. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's gonna be here uh, we're gonna hit that overlap between football and basketball uh you know here pretty quickly. Uh you know, you know, that's that's for sure. Well Ben has always th- Thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Go back and listen. For those who did not hear the podcast last week about Shade and Sharp, go back and check that out as well. And be sure and check out Ben's Next Cats page. I know you uh, you just put up some more information on that about Chris Livingston, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We've actually got some new commitment pages for if, if people – you know, I haven't been following all along throughout right. these recruitments. some new pages on Livingston and Sharp and, and Sky Clark to kind of, you know, kind of hit the, the high points of, of each one of those guys. And, yeah, we'll be obviously we do our top links every day and update them uh, several times a day. So anything new about any of this stuff, it's it's all it's all going to be there no matter when you check it.
1: So be sure and check it out. As always. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks a lot, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay podcast. Thanks as always to Ben Roberts. Like I mentioned, check him out on Twitter, Ben Roberts HL, online at the NextCats page, and on Kentucky.com, and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. Ben does a fabulous job. Be sure and check out all. All of his work. And we want to thank everybody who supports and listens to this podcast. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. Yeah, it just helps get the, rate, gets the word out there, spreads the word about the podcast. We'll have plenty more coming up, both football and basketball podcasts. So we'll be catching you next time on the John Clay Podcast.